Long History, Jacques Cartier, Journey 1, Part 2, Newfoundland Capes towards Prince Edward Island. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Long History. We're looking at Jacques Cartier's explorations of Canada in this document. This account of his famous voyages are written by the man himself. And in his previous episode, he crossed the Atlantic, sailed up the eastern coast of Newfoundland, and then into the Gulf of St. Lawrence. He explored the northern coast of the Gulf, and in this episode, he's going to head south, and then follow the coast of Newfoundland towards Prince Edward Island. There are 15 episodes in total to this series, so don't forget to subscribe or follow if you can, to be informed of when the next episode is released. We've also covered many famous journeys on long history, so please don't forget to explore your podcast provider or take a look at longhistory.net if you want to see all our episodes together. This is Jacques Cartier, Journey 1, Part 2, Newfoundland Capes, Towards Prince Edward Island. Of certain capes, that is to say the Double Cape, the Pointed Cape, Cape Royal and the Cape of Milk of the mountains of granges, of the islands of dovehouses, and of the great fishing of cods. Upon the thirteenth of that month, we came to our ships again with our boats on purpose to sail forwards, because the weather was fair, and upon Sunday we caused service to be said. Then on Monday, being the fifteenth of the month, we departed from Brest and sailed toward the south, to take a view of the lands that there we had seen, that seemed unto us to be two islands. But when we were amidst the bay, we knew it to be firm land, where was a great double cape, one above the other, and therefore we named it the double cape. In the entrance of the bay we sounded, and found it to be an hundred fathom round about us. From breast to the double cape, there is about twenty leagues, and about five or six leagues beyond we sounded again, and found forty fathom water. The said land lieth northeast and southwest. The next day, being the sixteenth of the month, we sailed along the said coast toward the southwest, and by south about thirty-five leagues from the double cape, where we found very steep and wild hills among the which were seen certain small cabins, which we in the country call granges, and therefore we named them the hills of the granges. The other lands and mountains are all craggy, cleft and cut, and betwixt them and the sea there are other islands but low. The day before, through the dark mists and fogs of the weather, we could not have sight of any land, but in the evening we spied an entrance into the land, by a river among the said hills of granges, and a cape lying toward the south-west about three leagues from us. The said cape is on the top of it blunt-pointed, and also toward the sea it endeth in a point, wherefore we named it the Pointed Cape, on the north side of which there is a plain island, and because we would have notice of the said entrance, to see if there were any good havens, we struck sail for that night. The next day being the seventeenth of the month, we had stormy weather from north-east, wherefore 
we took our way toward the southwest until Thursday morning, and we went about thirty-seven leagues, till we came athwart a bay full of round islands like dove-houses, and therefore we named them the dove-houses. And from the bay of San Julian, from the witch to a cape that lieth south and by west, which we called Cape Royale, there are seven leagues, and toward the west-south-west side of the said cape there is another, that beneath is all craggy, and above round, on the north side of which about half a league there lieth a low island, that cape we named the Cape of Milk. Between these two capes there are certain low islands, above which there are also certain others that show that there be some rivers. About two leagues from Cape Royale we sounded and found twenty fathom water, and there is the greatest fishing of cods that possible may be. For staying for our company, in less than an hour we took above an hundred of them. Of certain islands that lie between Cape Royal and the Cape of Milk. The next day, being the 18th of the month, the wind with such rage turned against us, that we were constrained to go back towards Cape Royal, thinking there to find some harbour, and with our boats went to discover between the Cape Royal and the Cape of Milk, and found that above the low islands there is a great and very deep gulf, within which are certain islands. The said gulf on the south side is shut up. The four said low grounds are on one of the sides of the entrance, and Cape Royal is on the other. The said low grounds do stretch themselves more than half a league within the sea. It is a plain country, but an ill soil, and in the midst of the entrance thereof there is an island. The said gulf in latitude is forty-eight degrees and an half, and in longitude, blank in the original text, that night we found no harbour, and therefore we launched out into the sea, leaving the cape toward the west. Of the island called St. John From the said day until the 24th of the month being St. John's Day, we had both stormy weather and wind against us, with such darkness and mists, that until St. John's Day we could have no sight of any land, and then we had sight of a cape of land that from Cape Royal lieth southwest about thirty-five leagues. But that day was so foggy and misty that we could not come near land, and because it was St. John's Day, we named it Cape St. John. Of certain islands called the Islands of Margol, and of the kinds of bees and birds that there are found, of the island of Brion, and Cape Dolphin. The next day, being the 25th of the month, the weather was also stormy, dark and windy, but yet we sailed a part of the day toward west-north-west, and in the evening we out ourselves athwart until the second quarter, when, as we departed, then did we by our compass know that we were north-west and by west, about seven leagues and an half, from the Cape of St. John, and as we were about to hoist sail, the wind turned into the northwest, wherefore we went southeast, about fifteen leagues, and came to three islands, two of which are as steep and upright as any wall, 
so that it was not possible to climb them. And between them there is a little rock. These islands were as full of birds as any field or meadow is of grass, which there do make their nests. And in the greatest of them there was a great and infinite number of those that we call Margot, that are white and bigger than any geese, which were severed in one part. In the other were only godettes, but toward the shore there were of those godettes and great aponads like to those of that island that we above have mentioned. We went down to the lowest part of the least island, where we killed above a thousand of those godettes and aponads. We put into our boat so many of them as we pleased, for in less than one hour we might have filled thirty such boats of them. We named them the islands of Margot. About five leagues from the said islands on the west, there is another island that is about two leagues in length, and so much in breadth. There did we stay all night to take in water and wood. That island is environed round about with sand, and hath a very good road about three or four fathom deep. Those islands have the best soil that ever we saw for that one of their fields is worth more than all the Newland. We found it full of goodly trees, meadows, fields full of wild corn and peas unbloomed, as thick, as rank and as fair as any can be seen in Britain, so that they seemed to have been ploughed and sowed. There was also a great store of gooseberries, strawberries, damask roses, parsley, with other very sweet and pleasant herbs. About the said island are very great beasts as great as oxen, which have two great teeth in their mouths, like unto elephants' teeth, and live also in the sea. We saw one of them sleeping upon the bank of the water. We, thinking to take it, went to it with our boats, but so soon as he heard us he cast himself into the sea. We also saw bears and wolves. We named it Brion's Island. About it towards southeast and northwest there are great lakes. As far as I could gather and comprehend, I think that there be some passage between Newfoundland and Briansland. If so it were, it would be a great shortening, as well of the time as of the way, if any perfection could be found in it. About four leagues from that island toward west-southwest is the firm land which seemeth to be an island compassed about with little islands of sands. There is a goodly cape which we named Cape Dolphin, for there is the beginning of good grounds. On the 27th of June we compassed the said lands about that lie west-south-west, and afar off they seem to be little hills of sand, for they are but low lands. We could neither go to them nor land on them because the wind was against us. That day we went fifteen leagues. Of the island called Alezai, and of the Cape of St. Peter. The next day we went along the said land about ten leagues, till we came to a cape of red land that is all craggy, within the which there is a brack looking toward the north. It is a very low country. There is also between the sea and a certain pool a plain field, 
and from that cape of land and the pool unto another cape, there are about fourteen leagues. The land is fashioned, as it were, half a circle, all compassed about with sand like a ditch, over which, as far as one's eye can stretch, there is nothing but marsh grounds and standing pools. And before you come to the first cape, very near the mainland, there are two little islands. About five leagues from the second cape toward the southwest, there is another island, very high and pointy, which we named Alezai. The first cape we named St. Peter's Cape, because upon that day we came thither. Of the cape, called Cape Orléans, of the river of boats, of Wildmen's Cape, and of the quality and temperature of the country. From Briand's Island to this place there is a good anchorage of sand, and having sounded towards south-west even to the shore about five leagues, we found twenty and five fathom water, and within one league twelve fathom, and very near the shore six fathom, rather more than less, and also good anchorage. But because we would be the better acquainted with this stony and rocky ground, we struck ourselves low and athwart. The next day, being the last of the month save one, the wind blew south and by east. We sailed westward until Tuesday morning at sun rising, being the last of the month, without any sight or knowledge of any land, except in the evening towards sunset that we discovered a land which seemed to be two islands, that were beyond us, west-south-west, about nine or ten leagues. All the next day till the next morning at sun-rising, we sailed westward about forty leagues, and by the way, we perceived that the land we had seen like islands was firm land, lying south-south-east and north-north-west to a very good cape of land called Cape Orléans. All the said land is low and plain, and the fairest that may possibly be seen, full of goodly meadows and trees. True it is that we could find no harbour there, because it is all full of shelves and sands. We, with our boats, went on shore in many places, and among the rest we entered into a goodly river, but very shallow which we named the River of Boats, because that there we saw boats full of wild men that were crossing the river. We had no other notice of the said wild men, for the wind came from the sea and so beat us against the shore that we were constrained to retire ourselves with our boats towards our ships. Till the next day morning at sunrising, being the 1st of July, we sailed northeast in which time there rose great mists and storms, and therefore we struck our sails till two of the clock in the afternoon, that the weather became clear, and there we had sight of Cape Orléans, and of another about seven leagues from us, lying north and by east, and that we called Wild Men's Cape. On the north side of this cape, about half a league, there is a very dangerous shelf and bank of stones, Whilst we were at this cape, we saw a man running after our boats that were going along the coast, who made signs unto us that we should return toward the said cape again. We, seeing such signs, began to turn toward him, but he, seeing us come, began to flee. 
So soon as we were come on shore, we set a knife before him, and a woollen girdle on a little staff, and then we came to our ships again. That day we trendeth the said land about nine or ten leagues, hoping to find some good harbour, but it was not possible. For as I have already said, it is a very low land, and environed round about with great shells. Nevertheless, we went that day on shore in four places to see the goodly and sweet-smelling trees that were there. We found them to be cedars, yew trees, pines, white elms, ashes, willows, with many other sorts of trees to us unknown, but without any fruit. The grounds where no wood is are very fair and all full of peason, white and red gooseberries, strawberries, blackberries and wild corn, even like unto rear, which seem to have been sown and ploughed. This country is of better temperature than any other that can be seen, and very hot. There are many thrushes, stock doves and other birds. To be short, there wanteth nothing but good harbours. In this episode, Cartier has sailed southwest towards Prince Edward Island, naming many islands as he goes. But glancing at a map, I don't think that many of the names have actually stuck. He appears to have passed, for example, the islands of Madeleine, which are very low-lying islands between Newfoundland and Prince Edward Island. And he does appear to have reached Prince Edward Island itself in this episode. But I'm sure that someone with more knowledge of the area than me would find it much easier to pinpoint these places as described. In the next episode, Cartier sails up the coast seeing many more of these gulfs and islands, heading up the coast of today's New Brunswick, toward its neighbouring peninsula in Quebec and Anticosti Island, all the time circumnavigating the Gulf of St Lawrence. For this first journey there are four episodes in total, so there are two more to go, and then in the second voyage, Cartier heads back to these waters, but this time heads up the St. Lawrence River and explores all of that area. Thank you for listening, everyone, to the latest episode of Long History. Before you move on, please do give it a like if you can, or share it with anyone who might be interested. It's much appreciated. This was Jacques Cartier, Journey 1, Part 2, Newfoundland Capes, towards Prince Edward Island. Goodbye.